Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp. Rituals and routines that lead to godliness, that lead to righteousness, that lead to obedience. Now, you might get tired of me continuing to say that, but in our day when there is so much teaching about relationship and uh, the fuzziness of that, it's important that we understand that relationships don't just happen When we feel like it, they are built through discipline, through building up of that relationship, through routines and rituals. Now, we all have them, whether we like it or not. And it's not just in the Old Testament with the Jewish people. It is in the New Testament with the Jewish people and the Gentiles. Now, again, let me say that most of our theology, it seems anyway, and our practice, our praxis is built upon reaction. That is, someone did this, so we want to make sure we never do that. And what we end up doing, making sure we don't go off one side of the bridge, we go so far the other side that we fall off the other side. And so what we need to do is just be obedient to the Word of God and to follow what I have said over and over again, the precepts, the principles, and the pattern of Scripture. Remember, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, was a ritualistic man. He followed rituals all the days of his life. Remember Peter and James and John and the early apostles. They followed rituals. They went to prayer at certain times of the day. They didn't do that in order to be saved, but because they were saved. They did that to promote godliness in their lives. Why is it that we have gone so far to the other side that we cannot see this? In our churches today, we are sowing the wind and we're going to reap a whirlwind in the days ahead because we're saying to the next generation, ritual and routines are not important. And then we go right ahead and form our own routines. They say, well, we don't have an order of service. Well, yes, they do. It's planned out. There's the whipping up of the audience here, the whipping up of the audience there. It's like cranking an old crank engine. And then all of a sudden it cranks up. I've seen contemporary services. Remember, I pastored in California, and most of what we call contemporary services are just blended services, but there are some churches that do that, and I don't think they do it because that's what people want. I think they do it because that's what they want. That's the way they grew up. They love that kind of music, or they love that style of worship. So they do it, and they do it well. I have no complaint with that, but they have their own form of worship and service. It's called Latreo, and that's where we get our word liturgy. Now, my liturgy might not be like yours, and people say, well, we're not high church. We don't have a twofold or threefold amen. No, but you have your own rituals, and uh, you come out, and there's lights, there's cameras, there's action, there's dancing on the stage, there's jumping up and down, there is a loud guitar leads, there's uh, the banging of the drums, all of the those things, those are all, you do it every week, you do it pretty much the same 
way, and then the pastor will get involved or the associate. There will be a series of announcements every week. There may or may not be times of prayer, reading of Scripture. I have noticed in many of our churches, whether they're more traditional or more contemporary or progressive, whatever the word and descriptor you want to use, but there seems to be less and less of a reading of Scripture together. Responsive reading. You see, responsive reading is not just old hat. That's a good and godly thing to do. It's a biblical thing to do. It is shown to us in pattern. The principle is excellent because it gets people interactive and involved. But you see, it was done so lifelessly and dead that, again, we threw out the baby with the bathwater so we don't even read responsibly. We don't sing antiphonally anymore. And because of that, we're the losers because we think people don't want to do it. Pastor, listen to me. Your people will follow you if you will lead them. And if you will lead them in Bible study, Bible reading, in the kind of songs that honor the Lord that you can actually understand the words. The Bible said we need to sing, yes, sing, yes, sing, yes, but sing with understanding. If the people can't understand the words that you're saying and they don't know what they're singing, then how can you say amen to that? And so I'm just saying whatever style, that's between you and God. But we've got to get back to biblical forms of service and worship and quit calling everything that is not just just music blasting and loud. Let's not call that just traditional. There are some traditions and there's some good traditions. And I want to talk to you about that. You see, Jesus followed traditions. The apostles followed traditions. Jesus went into the synagogue on Shabbat, as was his custom. Either that or Luke chapter 4 and many other passages are way off base. And the synagogue was not in the uh, Tanakh. It was not in the Old Testament. You can't find it in Leviticus. You can't find it in the Torah. You cannot find it in the prophets. You cannot find it in the law because it wasn't there. It's intertestamental. It was developed during the Babylonian days. It was really brought into more full swing during the days of the Persians, and it developed fully during the days of the Hasmoneans and the Greek period, and it was already blossoming during the Roman period, the days of Jesus. It's not not anything that's uh, in the Tanakh. This is totally tradition, but Jesus did that. Why? Because it was healthy. It was good. It was something that was laid out that was healthy, that developed spiritual growth. Why is it that we want to do away with everything that's traditional? There are some traditions we need to do away with, and the quicker the better. They do not enhance our worship. They do not enhance our knowledge of God. But those things that do that, we need to claim to them. And it doesn't matter if someone's died a thousand years. If it's good, let's keep doing it. But if it's not, then let's do away with those. There's lots of new traditions that are not biblical, but they're good traditions. We need to keep them, but some of them we need to discard. Sometimes people think just because it's new and it's kind of free-spirited that it's good. But it's odd that those same people that say they read the Bible don't read it very much because the Bible, God himself, is the one that set these traditions. 
God set the traditions of worship. God set the traditions and the practice of coming before him in a certain way. God is the one that set the practice for the offerings. God is the one that set the practice for the ceremonies, those elaborate ceremonies. You say, well, I don't like that. You, sir, you, ma'am, don't get a vote on what is good and what's bad. That's God's business. What we need to do is quit trying to reinvent the wheel and get back to doing things God's way. If you want to soup it up, that's wonderful. If you want to get something, uh, an old hymn, and you want to dress it up and put it in a new format, there's all kinds of examples of that that we love to sing. And many of the new generation doesn't even understand that many of the songs that we're singing today, those, quote, praise courses, end quote, and those great songs, they're built off of the words that are hundreds of years old in some cases. And so what I'm saying to you is we need to quit fussing at one another. And I'm not fussing at you. I'm just saying we need to look at what we're doing because traditions and rituals and routines that lead us to goodness and godliness, those are things we need to keep. Some people say, well, I just don't like the tradition of going to church. Well, again, God is the one that designed that, and he knows best. He knows more than we do. It's amazing. People will say, well, I know what the Bible says, but there are no buts. There are no buts. You don't want to be a billy goat Christian all the time. I know what God says, but, 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 but. No, you just need to obey. I just need to obey. And so this is what I want to leave with you when we talk about traditions and we talk about rituals and we talk about routines. We could just use the word disciplines. Sometimes when you go to some schools, they will talk about spiritual formation and a class will be designed around the basics of praying, of of reading the scriptures, of worship, of all kinds of things that are rituals and routines that we need to develop. Would to God that we would develop the good routines and the good habits. That's what they are. And you don't develop a habit by doing something one time. You develop it by doing it over and over and over again. And so that's what we need to do. We need to find out what God wants us to do and do it over and over and over again till it's a part of who we are. And then it is something that will be with us until Jesus comes or he takes us home. And so I'm going to begin to trail off of the rituals and traditions and routines that lead to godliness in the sense of these podcasts. But I pray that the Lord will burn these in your heart and some of these things that you've learned and that I have gone over that you will never forget that God is the one that brings about routines and rituals in our lives because he wants appointments with us. He wants us to get into the habit of obedience. And many times that's only done when it feels awkward to us to begin with. And it seems odd to us to begin with. But the more we do it, it seems like the more that we like it and we develop a taste for it. And we need to taste the Lord and see that he is good. And Jesus will become more and more precious to us. It's not because of some routine or ritual. It's because those routines and rituals lead us and point us to Jesus, who is our Savior, our Lord, our Master. And after all, 
Isn't he our life? Isn't he what life is all about? If that is the case, let's develop routines and rituals, habits that lead us to godliness. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.